0: We're beginning a series. It's six weeks. It's called On Target. And at the end of it, the desired result is that we're going to move everybody out of these chairs into a real compassionate heart of how can we serve our neighbors and our family and our community. But it all begins with what we're going to talk about today, and, and that is simply do you, do you have this crazy love for Jesus Christ? It's got to start right there. Do you have that kind of love? Because I don't know if you're aware of this, but we have a lot to be thankful for today. Uh, Let me give you a couple things, some really great news. First of all, spring is only 81 days away. Can I have an amen? Yeah, yeah. And just so you know, I don't want to reveal any names, but somebody has told me if they won the lotto, they're going to build a West Side Church. Can I have an amen for that? That's a great, yeah. I've never prayed for somebody to win the lotto, but there's always first, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever had, uh, how many here have had teenagers? Anybody? Okay, now we know who to pray for. So you've had teenagers. Have you heard this question from a teenager? How do you know when you're in love? Ever heard that? And we always go, as parents, don't go there, okay? But love is an amazing force. Matter of fact, it's the most significant, most powerful force in the universe. Now, if you were to ask classic rock and rollers to describe love, it would go something like this Pat Benatar would say, Love was a battlefield. Elvis would say, It's tender. The OJs would say, it's a train to get on, not to be confused with Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train. The Bee Gees wanted to know, how deep is your love? Tina Turner wondered, what's love got to do with it? Led Zeppelin had a whole lot of love, and the Beatles said, all you need is love. That's how they would describe love. Now, what about country western? I, we could go on and on, but let me give you the one classic title from Dolly Parton, I Will Always love you. matter of fact, I don't know if you're aware of this. Dolly Parton uh, just recently exchanged, renewed her vows with her husband. They've been married 50 years, and they asked her, what is the, the secret to happiness being married 50 years? So I want you all to write this down. It's profound. Here's what she said. The secret to our marriage is he loves to stay home, and I love to travel. So there it is. There it is. If you want to know the secret? There it is, okay? Now, When you're sitting down and trying to explain somebody, how do you know you're in love? We have a few pictures here that might help. Number one, you know you're in love if you smile all the time. You ever feel like that? Yeah. Number two, you know you're in love if you're confused and you're not sure what's up or down. And number three, you know you're in love if you're hanging on every word. That's when you know you're in love. Well, I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 12, verse 30, and I want us to read this together because this verse may seem very simple, but I'm telling you, it is profound. Uh, Tony, I loved it uh, when we were brainstorming a little bit about today's worship. Is this song. And I want that song to run through your mind. Are you willing to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Are you willing to do that? So I'm going to ask us to do something so we can continue to stay warm with the weather. Let's everybody stand up, and we're going to read this together, okay, because it's such a powerful verse. Let's read this together. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Hey, that's it. That's today's sermon. Let's go home. Okay, Everybody can sit down. Now, I want you to think about, again, the power of those words. Now, just to give you a little background, what's going on here in Mark 12. Uh, Jesus, as, as always, is reaching out and helping others. The religious leaders are always in the shadows trying to find a way to trip him up. And the religious leaders are kind of following Jesus around. And the Sadducees, you always hear a lot about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, One of the things that was a trademark for the Sadducees is they they literally believed that there was no resurrection. In other words, when you died, that's it. Now, who would want to be a part of that group? And yet they were experts of the law. And when you speak of the law, there was over 613 specific laws that people lived by. So they thought, you know what? Since we're experts of the law, we know how to trip Jesus up. We will ask him a question about the law. But you never trip Jesus up because Jesus always gives the perfect answer. So when they said, Jesus, can you tell us the most important law in the back of your mind? There's 613 laws that we can debate him over. Jesus takes them straight to the law that they all knew in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, here's what's something about that. They knew this. In Deuteronomy 6, it's that exact scripture that we shared. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. Okay? Now, here's what Jesus knew. In Deuteronomy 6 that they were actually with their families. They were to talk and walk and put this on the doorframe. It meant every day you talked about this law. This is the one thing you better not forget as a family member. You better never forget this. Don't we all have those kind of laws when we grew up? I can't tell you how many times I heard from my mom that magic words are what? Please and thank you. You know, I heard that time. And time again. Why? Because I don't want you to forget that. Now, don't forget this one law, but it seems so simple, but if you look at each one of those key areas of life, you realize really how truly profound it is. What does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your heart? Now, that's an interesting word in Greek. It's the word cardio, that we would get the word like cardio effort or exercise, and it means the seat of your emotions. When you write a love letter, you don't write, I love you with three-quarters of my heart. It's I love you with all my heart. I mean, I am, I am all in. Matter of fact, if you go back, did you catch that key word? Love the Lord your God with what? All, all, all. I and mean, he's driving this home. This is not a halftime commitment. And, and really, preaching this this morning, it's interesting because you're here. You're all in. Because you know how easy it would have been to look out the window and say, Mm, I can't make it today. There's just, it's terrible. I got tickets to the IU game. I can make that. You know, see how I'm, that's how we work. When you are all in with your heart, you will do crazy things. How many of you remember when you were dating and you were madly in love and you did something absolutely crazy because you're in love? Am I the only one? Oh, come on, get your hands up. Don't say, oh, I forgot. Okay, we, we're just willing to do. I remember coming back from literally a blizzard and it was one in the morning. I was at Bible college. And uh, I, my window, couldn't get the window up before the blizzard. And I got there, and the, so there's no window. It's like zero. And my girlfriend was three hours away. And they're like, what are you doing? i like, I got to go see her." And he goes, dude, you'll die. I don't care. You Remember that? <laughs> and then you're married like me for 30 years. Ah, I'm, I'm going inside. You know what I'm saying? We kind of lose that, ah, that passion. But he wants all of our heart. Matter of fact, I read this uh, beautiful love letter uh, it was an apology letter. I want to just share this with you. And if, uh, if all of you have hankies, you might want to get it out because this is very touching. Uh, this was a, a broken engagement, and this is a woman who just realized she'd made a terrible mistake, and so she wrote this, this heartfelt letter. Um, My dearest Jimmy, I'm just so glad it wasn't John. It's always a dear John letter. My dearest Jimmy, no words could express the great unhappiness I felt since breaking our engagement. please. Say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. That just breaks it so much. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Marie. I thought that was good. Marie, P.S., and congratulations on winning the state lotto. (laughs) Wow. Now, here's the deal. When Jesus says, love me with all your heart, you know what he's saying? I want it all. No strings attached. Matter of fact, you all, you've heard this time and time again. When he says love here, it's agape love. Unconditional love. Whatever it takes, love. Do you love me with all your heart? Then he goes, do you love me with all my soul? It's interesting. In Greek, uh, it would be pronounced suke. And it means this, and I love this. And it means the soul is both who you are, but more importantly, it's who you are. It's not what you do. It's who you are. Years ago, I was at a men's retreat, and here's how they opened the retreat. They said, for these next three days, you're with all these men. You don't know any of these men. We're like, okay. So there's only one thing you can't talk about. So I, I assumed it would be like the Chicago Cups. You no, know, well, I'm good with that. So they said, here's the one thing you can't talk about, where you work. You don't ask a man where he works. You don't tell him where he works. Honestly, we don't care where you work. Because that's what you do. That's not what? Who you are. But do you know how hard that is? From the time we start to we're young, think of all the things that we do, and we say that's who we are. Remember in high school, I don't even know if they still do this anywhere. Well, do they still wear leather jackets in high school? Do they? Okay, so I remember wearing the leather. I had, we were the editors, real tigers. We were black, so I had a black leather jacket, you know, and you'd wear it. You know what? That's what I do. That's not who I am. But you know, we all battle with this, don't we? that there are things in our life that we're passionate about and we allow that to be our identification it can't be. Work is that way. That you can give your whole life to work and you realize that's not your soul. That soul is when you start peeling back the layers and you see who a person really is. That's what Jesus is saying. I don't care who you are when you put a mask on and you come to church on Sunday morning. Have you all ever done that before? Am I the only one that's ever done that? You come to church on Sunday morning and you wear this goofy smile. You might even throw out a few praise the Lord's, you know, and on the way home, you're just still angry and you're still mad. And basically you just role played through church. You see, church isn't even who you are. Your spirit is, how are you connected to Jesus Christ? Who are you really? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Again, that Greek word is simply meaning this. It's deep thought and knowledge and understanding. It's saying, God, I surrender. Here's the key, every thought to you. In Romans 12, it says, Do not conform yourself to this world, but be what? Transformed. But how are you transformed? By the renewing of your mind. This is what we forget. God is desperately wanting us to think about him all the time. Just like we shared before earlier with some of those crazy pictures. When you're in love... Isn't it true? That's all you can think about. I remember when Marie and I were dating and I would be sitting in a class and I would be writing her name on note. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's all you think about. But the issue really is, are you completely focused in Scripture? Are you completely focused, as it says in 2 Corinthians, to capture every thought for God? Now, everybody reads that and they think, oh, my line, how can I capture every thought But don't think of it negative. Think of it. God gives us an opportunity to dream about Him. He gives us an opportunity to praise Him. And here's what He begins to do. He begins to renew our life because we've given Him our thoughts. So many people don't realize how important it is to allow God to have our thoughts. And then ultimately, He says this, and I love the Greek word uh, for strength, and it simply means this, determination, determination. It is a combined focus of our heart, soul, and mind to complete a task at all costs. It is love and action. If you think about it, heart, soul, and mind, those are all inward struggles. In other words, God is saying, I can't see your heart. Matter of fact, if you ever heard somebody, That's one of the worst things you can say when they say, uh, uh, you're talking to them about becoming a Christian, and they say, but why did you surrender to God? And you'd say, because God lives in my heart. Okay, that sounds really good but they can't see your heart, okay? But do you love God with your heart? Do you love Him with your mind? All these things are internal. Do you love Him with your soul and your spirit? But this one's outward. He's saying now, are you willing to give Him your physical strength? Are you willing to let this love play out? Let me share with you something that happened a few years ago, and it just uh, has always stuck with me. It's a, a book by Philip Yancey. And it's called What's So Amazing About Grace. And he he talks about this banquet that took place in Boston. And let me give you just a little bit of background, uh, talking about love and action. Uh, There was a couple, a very successful couple. Uh, They they were engaged. And so they both had very expensive taste. And again, this is 1990. So remember these numbers are 1990 numbers. They went to an exclusive uh, motel or hotel in um, Boston, and they were reserving this amazing banquet and it was going to cost $13,000 for the meal, okay? So they picked everything out and they laid down the down payment and everything was growing. And then they were getting ready to pick out this beautiful announcements. On the day they were sending out the announcements, the guy dumped the girl. He said, you know what? Before you send those out, I'm not ready for this kind of commitment. You know, and she's like, well, what about what about the, we just laid all this money down for this banquet? And he's like, uh, i try to get the money back, but I'm, I'm out. So she goes and she tries to cancel everything. And uh, the woman said, oh, honey, I went through a broken engagement. I know exactly what you're feeling, but the contract is binding. I mean, you, you've crossed the line here. I can give you $1,300 back, but that's it. Everything else we have to take. And she said, what am I going to do with a beautiful banquet and $13,000 debt. And she goes, you got two options. Number one is you're just going to have to eat it. Or number two is you can still have the banquet. Well, who in the right mind is going to have a banquet when you had a broken engagement? She called back and she said, you know what? I'm going to have a party. I am going to have a banquet. Now, here's where it gets interesting. She made new announcements, and she went down to the homeless shelter. You know why? Because 10 years before that, she was homeless. And she knew exactly what it was be at the bottom. She had worked so hard to get her life back together, and so to quote, and this comes out of the Boston uh, paper here, at the Hyatt that night, waiters were in tuxedos. They served hors d'oeuvres to senior citizens propped up by crutches and aluminum walkers, bag ladies, vagrants, addicts, and for one night, they took a break from the hard life of the sidewalks outside, instead sipped champagne, They ate chocolate wedding cake and they danced to the big band melodies late into the night. That is love in action. And you know what they served that night? Instead of cordon bleu, they just served chicken because that was in honor of the guy that left her at the altar. I love that too. (laughs) Now, what is it we're trying to do here on the west side? We're trying to put love into action. To say, God, I love you with all my heart. I love you with that words, Honestly, that's cheap. Anybody can say that. It's when we begin to put it into motion. And it's when we put it into motion for all the right reasons. Because God loved us so much, we are passionate with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength to serve Him. Now, interestingly enough, in Mark twelve thirty, in the message translation, it reads this way. Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer, and intelligence, and energy. I like that. Love God with your passion. Passion. It really is what drives us. There's people who are half in, and then there are folks that are passionate. Uh, When I moved here, uh, you're going to find this hard to believe, uh, I started youth ministry at Sherwood Oaks in 1985. Okay, so now you got an idea of why this didn't go over well. So I thought, as a crowd-breaker, I need to do something to connect with everybody with uh, Indiana basketball because I hear they kind of like their basketball. You don't like your basketball. I, just, I found that out. So here's how I started my crowd breaker. Now, they don't know me, okay? This is my trial sermon type deal. So I said, hey, folks, before we get started tonight, I just want you to know that I'm all in, and I threw a chair across the stage. <laughs> Guess what? It didn't go over well. It just They gave me this look like, I will kill you, you know? And then I began to realize, Indiana's not like they don't have this relationship with their basketball team. Like, oh, that's nice. It's like, no, they are passionate. And I used to tell my friends, I'm like, you think you're crazy. You need to see the Indiana folks and their basketball. And then I caught the fever. To be honest with you, I caught it. And then I used to tell my buddies, I said, I hate winter. But let me tell you the one thing I love about winter. Every three days, everybody's talking about the Indiana basketball team. That's all they talk about. So I said, it just kind of gets you through winter. And they're like, I don't get it. I said, you got to come to Indiana to even get it. Passion. We know what we are passionate about. We all have things in our life we're passionate about. But this morning, I want to ask you, are you passionate about Jesus Christ? Seriously, because you're the only one that knows that. You can put on a front, but are you truly passionate about Jesus Christ? Because let me tell you, I guarantee you, as Rick Warren says, there are passion killers. So just let me give you briefly three passion killers that can rob you of your joy. A passion killer, number one, is an unbalanced schedule. It's where you build no margin in your life. And you're absolutely going crazy. It's when you get up on a Saturday morning and you really have nothing on your schedule and you say, I can't remember the last day I've had where I really didn't have much on my schedule. You've overscheduled. It's when you have absolutely no margin in your life. And you know what? When you're running that crazy, how can you possibly be passionate about Jesus Christ? Because here's what happens. Jesus becomes an event. Oh, I need to get right with God, so I'll just go to church. Really? An hour a week? No, no. He wants us all in. So this morning, ask yourself, do you have too much on your plate? Do you have much? Too much on your plate. We talked a little bit about work. Some of you may be workaholics, um, and it's something that you need to really think about. Do you know that 70% of the people, national survey, of the people today, they don't even like where they work? Think about that. So we are surrendering our lives to a job we don't even like. We can't even get excited about it, and yet it's taking all the passion away from us. So ask yourselves this morning do I have an unbalanced schedule? My second passion killer is unused talent. It's interesting how God has given us gifts and abilities, but when you are not using your talents for God, I'm telling you, you're not going to feel that passion. He wired us a certain way for a reason. And man, when you are at what I call, when you are in the sweet spot of God's passion and God's talents for you, man, life is great. But boy, when you are not, it can actually be a miserable existence. We should be striving to do what God has called us to do. Let me brag on some folks here uh, that do their job, I think, with passion, and I think they're really good at it. And uh, I'm going to embarrass her, but that's okay. Heidi Baines and the food team. I am telling you, they are passionate about what they do, and it shows. I cannot tell you. I really mean that. I cannot tell you how many people uh, that I've talked to, and they'll talk about the West Side and they'll say something to this effect, man, it doesn't feel like church. And I said, well, was it the lotto machine? Was it the disco ball? Was it the prayer in the ball? You know, I go through all that, and they go, no, no. When I came in, there was people who greeted me, and there was food right there, and it was just, I can't explain. It was just a neat experience. Well, I would love to take all the credit for that. I can't take any of the credit for that, because they have taken that ministry, and they have passionately practiced the gift of hospitality. And let me tell you, that is huge passion does that to some people when you are in that it just does something every sunday morning i get up at 5am uh, because honestly i need to write a sermon okay so i get up at 5 <laughs> but you know why i pop up at 5am seriously i can't sleep it's the w- i try to get to sleep i finally get to sleep at 5am i get up and i can't wait to get here i i genuinely mean i cannot wait to get here. And it's because of you. I can't wait to hear how God is working through your life. I can't wait to hear your stories and just catch up on how things are going. I can't wait to just sit back sometimes. I just watch and I see what's going on. I'm like, God is so good, what he's doing here and the dreams of what God will do in the future. It's amazing what God can do. But you got to ask yourself, is there some unused talent in my life, some abilities that I have that I'm not using for God? I'm not giving you homework, but let me tell you a great website to go to if you're interested in learning more about how to use your talents for God. If you check out anything with Saddleback Christian Church, not Christian Church, Community Church, if you check out anything with Saddleback and Rick Warren, they have what they call the Shape Survey, S-H-A-P-E, Shape Survey. And you it's free. Go online and take that. And I'm telling you, it is an outstanding way to just kind of find out how you're wired. Last of all, the passion killer is unresolved sin. Psalms 38, 4-6 says this, For my sins, they overwhelm me. Like a heavy load, they're too much for me to bear. My wounds are infected, and they're starting to smell because of my foolish sins. I am dazed, and I am completely humiliated all day long. I walk around mourning. This is one of the hardest things to deal with in our lives is we lose our passion for Christ when there's something in our life that is wrong. And God is doing everything he can to convict us. He's doing everything he can to get our attention. But if we keep ignoring that, it's just a matter of time before you start saying, you know what, I just don't feel the passion I used to feel for God. And is there unresolved sin in your life? That's a heavy question, but it's a question... Everyone needs to ask. So really, as we strive, I want you to think about it. As we strive to give God our whole heart and our spirit, as we give God our strength, as we give God everything in our life, you need to ask, and I need to ask every Sunday, Lord, truly, am I all in? Am I all in? We do something every week, and I want to prepare our hearts for this, because if we're not careful, we take this for granted. Um... And so I just want to prepare our hearts here in just a moment for communion because this is why we do this every week. I thought a lot about this. is Why do we take communion every week? And I know some of you come from different church backgrounds, and honestly, I've had a lot of folks over the years, they'll say, hey, I've been visiting, say, a Christian church, and I wonder why do you take communion every week? So let me just share with you one reason that we do this. Because it gives us Every week, it gives us an opportunity to ask this question. Lord, am I really all in? You were all in for me. You gave us your son. You said, remember this, remember that. There's a reason he said, remember this. You gave us your son. He's all in for us. And every week, it's an opportunity for us to come to the table and simply ask, am I truly all in? Now, the other thing I want to emphasize is one of the things that we began here a few weeks ago is there's a reason we have prayer pillows, and I realize that this is awkward because, again, I grew up in a Christian church, and when I hear the word altar, or, you know, this kind, it freaks us out. Okay, am I being honest? But let me just be brutally honest. We need a place where every week, if you just need to pray, or you need to reach over to somebody else and say, can I pray with you that you'll come and pray? And one of my visions is that as we expand our prayer team, that there'll always be folks up here, And you can just always have a place to pray and a place to get away. That's why we're going to have our communion time. But also, as the the worship music's playing, at any time you can come up and you can come with others. That's what I encourage you and pray. Because I I, got to be honest, there are just Sundays where I might think I'm all in, but I am not all in. And that's why we need one another. So in a moment, as we break bread together, as we drink the juice, and we remember what Christ has done for us, we also have a time to just surrender that all-in to Jesus Christ. And really, that's, you know, when we talk about this series, it's not a six-week series, Raw, look at us. It's really beginning with today saying, God, if I'm not all-in with you, then how am I possibly going to really serve other people? It starts with being all-in with Jesus Christ. Let me pray. And then let's make our way to the tables this morning. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much. And Lord, it's just so easy to say that we love you, but Lord, we know that words are cheap. And thank you for demonstrating your love and that you allowed your Son to die for us. And Lord, as we break bread this morning, as we drink the juice, we know that it represents your body, it represents your blood It represents your sacrifice for everybody in this room. So, Lord, help us. We beg of you. Help us to be all in. Thank you for loving us so much. It's in Jesus' most holy name that I pray. Amen.